day, go home, read the entire chapter. There's a lot of good stuff in that, uh, and then pray about what God has for you. So what we're going to be going through today is Ephesians 2, 18 through 22. So I'll let you find that. I'm going to read the entire uh, chunk here, and then we're going to break it down just a little bit and then uh, talk just a little application. So let me read the entire thing real quick. 18 through 22 says, Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So then you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a cornerstone. The whole building is being fitted together in him and is growing into a holy sanctuary in the Lord in who you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. So in this chunk of text, Ephesians 2, we see Paul painting a picture of what church family is like. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit and we'll hopefully add a little clarity to this picture. Uh, Let's just focus on verse 18 real quick. I'll read it one more time. It says, now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. I think it's important to focus on each individual word. In this passage, two times it points out us. It's not talking about individual. It's painting us all as a group, as a family. Okay, he's talking to all of us. Um, So we see the picture of church family and the words all of us beginning to take form and the colors that Paul's painting with beginning to come to light. He explains that all of us, everyone sitting in these seats, everyone watching at home, okay, all of us, are unified with Christ at the same Holy Spirit. We're all made equal. Now, this justification and sanctification process that he's talking about is something that we've been talking about in Romans, okay? It's something we're going to dive back into here soon. So if you have questions on that, go back and listen to some of those messages in Romans. But I want you, what I want you guys to see in verse 18 is that we're all one. We're all family, and we're all called to worship God together, okay? Let's move on to verses 19 through 22 to just add a little more clarity to this picture. It says, so then you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The whole building is being fitted together in him and is growing into a holy sanctuary for the Lord in who you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. So churches, this church, Stonebridge Church is a place for all of God's people. If you look up in verse 10, it calls us his masterpieces. Matt referred to it last week as God's chosen ones. So this church is a place for all of his chosen ones, his masterpieces to come together in unity under the blood of Christ and worship the cornerstone. It's a place for us to all come together and strengthen one another. It's a place for us to get together and share our burdens, our struggles, our struggles, share our stories. Okay, it's a it's a place for us to do life together and be family. I want to add um, a little, the final touches of clarity, and I want to read 18 through 22 through the message translation because I really think this hits home the picture that Paul is trying to paint here. So if you guys have the message translation, flip to that. If not, just really listen to these words. It says, You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. He used the apostles and the prophets as the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. 
We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Why is God quite at home? Because this temple is filled with his masterpieces. It's filled with his chosen people. Okay, it's filled with people who are doing life together, who are strengthening each other. Okay, God is using us brick by brick and stone by stone to build these walls. It doesn't matter what your brick has been drugged through. Okay, he still wants to use you. He wants to fit your brick into this temple where God is quite at home. Okay, so how do we do that? How do we allow our bricks to be used to shore up these walls, this church family? Three simple ways. One is connection groups. Okay, we get involved in connection groups. We do life together in connection groups. If you're not involved in one of those, I encourage you guys to seek that out. Um, That's where we share our struggles. We go through scripture together. We just do life together as a small family outside of this large family. Okay, so get involved in connection groups. That's the first way. The second way is we serve within the church. Now, this isn't a plug for more volunteers. Hear Hear me out on this, okay? We serve within the church. Are you somebody who often feels like you're walking through this life together? You're trying to build your relationship with God without the strength of other friends. If you're one of those people, take this step, serve within the church, and put yourself directly alongside some of these like-minded people. Develop that friendship, okay? There's not a better way to develop friendships than serving others within the church. So how do we let our bricks be used? We get involved in connection groups, and we serve within the church. The other way is this. We share our stories. Okay, all of us have awesome stories that God has given us. A lot of us don't believe that God has given those, those, and we often have a fear of sharing that, sharing that story. So take those thoughts captive. Share your stories, okay? The story that you have may be the story the person next to you needs to hear. Okay, so those are the things that we do to help build these walls within the church family and grow as a, as a unified body in Christ. Um, So that's what I have for you in Ephesians 2. Again, I pray that you guys will reflect on some of those notes through 18 through 22. Um, Go back home, read the entire context of Ephesians 2, and then pray about what God has for you and how you can be uh, strengthening the walls within this church. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, church, yeah, Ryan's got to leave to fight crime. He is a officer here in Boone, so he would love to say, yeah, yeah, thank you, Ryan. And uh, my name is Ryan Graydon. Uh, we've been a member here from uh, when Stonebridge began, and uh, and uh, I've been in the uh, on the stage here a few times. Last time I probably had a beard, so I might look a little different. But um, I love you know the word "us," as Ryan just shared, means a lot. And I was lucky enough to grow up in a church, in a small community, um, where it was tight. You know, I, I, I often say, man, I had like a lot of parents in that church, you know. Um, I had these, these older men that uh, were always pouring into me and correcting me if need be. And, and ladies taking care of me like moms. And, and even to this day, when I go back to my home church or visit or see them, I mean, it's a big hug and it's a how you doing. And um, we are all are a little grayer, but... Um, there's a relationship that, that is undescribable. It's sometimes it's hard to put into words, but they love me, and I love them. And, and I want to share um, from the book of Proverbs just one passage. If you have your Bibles and apps, Proverbs 17, 17. And I'll read it to, uh, read it to you as you're getting there. But 17, 17 says this, A friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born... For adversity. You know, 
I've had the uh, privilege of being a part of great churches. And, uh, and when Kristen and I got married, we started at Cornerstone Church in Ames. And I'll be honest, that's, that's when church family really started meeting, uh, having a little deeper meaning to me. Um, and, and, you know, guys, oftentimes it's, it's in ugly situations that you realize how much a church means to you. Uh, you know, Matt shared last week, sometimes the church isn't always pretty. Um, but I'll tell you what, sometimes when you need them, they come. And years ago, uh, I personally had a, a really tough situation one night. Um, I, I came up home to visit my parents, and I discovered my dad with another woman. And you can imagine what happens in that moment. My world was rocked. And I remember turning around and leaving. And as my, as, uh, my wife and I made my way back to Ames to, to go directly to my sister's house, who was newly married, um, my dad began to just call my cell phone. Boom. Uh, call after call. Call after call. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to it. I just kept ignoring it. And I got to my sister's house, and, I, and she said, well, we're leaving for the evening. I said, you, you, you shouldn't. You need to stay. And I told her what I saw. And you guys, obviously, she was crushed, too. And not knowing what else to do in that moment, I had a really good friend who was a pastor of Cornerstone Church in Ames, Troy Nesbitt. And so here we are broken um, in a whirlwind of emotions. And, and Cornerstone had a Saturday night service. And I knew, um, I just knew that Troy was preaching that night. And I looked at the time, and I looked at my phone, and I knew that he would just be getting done, but I called him anyway. And surprisingly, you guys, he answered. And I could even tell that he was still in the sanctuary. I could hear the worship happening, which is usually at the end of his message. And he answered, and he said, Ryan, what's up? And I said, all that I could utter was, Troy, I need you. And he just said, where are you at? And I gave him the address, and I hung up. And guys, 15 minutes later, this pastor who was preaching a sermon was knocking on the door of my sister's apartment. And he entered in, and he could tell very quickly that the, the, the moment was not a good one. And he just hugged on us before even asking what's going on. He started to shed tears before he even saw what was happening. And then I told him what I saw. And he was crushed with us, you guys. And my dad was continuing to call my phone, and I remember picking up my phone, looking at it, and he stopped me. He said, is that your dad? And I shook my head, and he goes, can I talk to him? And what I hoped would be a verbal bashing, because I was mad, I watched this man who was trying to care for us pick up that phone, and he said, hey, I'm with your kids. And they're hurt, but how are you doing? See, even in this situation, the church was coming alongside both parties. And Troy understood that as just a brother in Christ, sometimes we do messy things, but everybody needs healing and everybody needs somebody to come alongside him. And he, and he didn't know my dad well. He knew who he was, but he was willing to come alongside this man who had just done something horrible. Well, months and in, in, in actually years went on, you guys, and, and the anger of watching that marriage fall apart and end in divorce and putting a lot of blame on my dad, I harbored so much anger, 
so much anger. I didn't want to talk to my dad, didn't want anything to do with him. We had had a child, and I didn't let him see her. And I, and I, and I remember telling myself, you know, I can deal with this anger. It's, it's right that I have anger. It's okay. And I, and I justified it all the time. Even as a Christian, knowing what the Scripture says about anger, I justified it. But it began to be more than I could bear. My health, I just was sick more often. My job, it was, it was overflowing into my job and my work, and it was influencing people there. They could see that my attitude was horrible. It was even affecting my marriage. And it wasn't until I was sitting on the couch one day, and my toddler daughter, who wasn't even two, came up. And uh, what I thought I was hiding well, she said, Daddy, why are you so sad all the time? And my heart broke. And my two-year-old was seeing this. At that time, I was part of a men's group in our church. And I went every morning because they were fun guys to hang out with. And I, I really enjoyed their company and their fellowship and brotherhood. But I had never told them what was going on. And I remember coming that morning and just realizing this is not right in my life. And I, I just confessed to these guys this anger, this burden that I've been carrying for two years and that I was tired of carrying it. And I saw seven guys shoulder that burden with me. They weren't hurt by my dad. They didn't have the pain that I had, but their brother was hurting. And so they hurt. And you guys... Those men carried me for months of healing and were praying for me. And at times I would see them in church and they'd say, how you doing? And I knew it wasn't just a passing, how you doing? They really meant, how are you doing? And there were times that I had to say, today's a struggle. And it didn't matter what the situation was. Those guys would put their hand on my shoulder and pray for me. And we began to heal from that. I... I forgave my dad and we began to establish a relationship and you guys that's 20 years ago almost and I can say that my dad and I are in a really good place and I'm really working on his heart because through all that you guys he was hurt by the church and I'm praying that he comes back to Jesus someday one more quick situation and through all this which was just kind of topping on the cake is I lost my job partially because of the anger that I had. And being a married man with two children and, and trying to support my family, there's nothing worse than feeling like you, you have no control. And when I lost my job, I came to these guys and I told them, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And these guys prayed for me. I remember them sending us money. I remember a guy shaking my hand one morning and giving my wife and I a fairway card for $200. These men came to my need. They were the church. And when somebody was hurting, they carried us. And it was one of these men one morning in our, our study, they said, hey, I, I heard that this camp uh, out in the middle of nowhere, 
uh, one of their guys might be leaving to pastor a church. I don't know if they're hiring. What's the camp? And I, and uh, or you might want to talk to the camp. And I said, well, what's the camp? And they said, Hidden Acres. And it was the place where I grew up. And uh, long story short, I've been working there for almost 16 years. And to this day, I don't go to that church anymore and I don't see those guys often. But when I do see them, you know, there's this look. And they'll still ask, how are you doing? And I can only honestly answer. And so you guys, I, I, I share this verse because a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. Those are adversity. Those are my brothers. The church comes to your need. And when we're talking about the family in a church, it takes a little effort to create a family. Sometimes you have to reach out and get to know some people. You can't just sit in this chair and assume that something's going to happen. But I encourage you guys, just as Ryan said, get connected. We are a family. God has put us here for a reason. It's not by a mistake. And I think sometimes we don't realize what we have here. And so I pray that you experience a similar thing um, as you are members here or just attenders here at Stonebridge Church. So thank you. Morning, Stonebridge. So, funny story. When I was first asked to be an elder and start the training process of this whole thing, I had two main concerns. One, do I have to get up and do this? <laughs> and two, it was, please, please, please don't make me follow right and grain on anything. The Lord works in mysterious ways. So my name is Greg Picklap. I'm one of the newer elders. Um, started last July. Many of you know my wife, Stacy, and our kids, Maddie, Kenzie, and Riley. And it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, I am extremely blessed. We also count ourselves blessed to have Stonebridge as a church family, and that is because it is full of broken people just like us. And right now, some of you are thinking, good talk. Thanks, Greg. But broken people like us make a strong church. And I am a broken person. A broken person on many, many levels. Some what might consider trivial. Some very serious. For example... Many people don't know this about me, but I know some of the Swedish language. I can even translate some of it. And what I mean by that is, is that my wife can order something from Ikea, and while putting it together, I can translate it into a whole stream of colorful English words that will ring throughout the house. In frustration and anger, I guarantee you that. Very trivial. Another example, I also personally deal with sins of pride, anger, lust, lying, even greed on an almost daily level. 
things that our society today is saying more and more openly that is, is it acceptable because so-and-so did it, that is trending on social media, so you get a pass. Very serious. And our church family here at Stonebridge is a safe haven in an upside-down world, not because we come together to block it out, but because of God's grace and together we face it. My wife through her women's ministry, our daughters through Youth Group Wednesdays, our son in D6, our connection group every week are all examples of learning and growing with others in God's word as our church family here at Stonebridge. From Jesus' original disciples, each of us sitting here today are broken people made stronger through faith and fellowship as a church. We are not perfect. We will stumble, make mistakes. And for myself, knowing that people all around me are as broken, broken and as struggling as I am is actually very comforting. Let me be very clear about this because sometimes I think it gets lost. You are not alone here at our family. It is important to understand that because one of Satan's oldest tricks is to make people believe that they are alone even in a room full of people. To feel alone and isolated, to feel lost and forgotten. But while we may not be fighting the same struggles or fighting the same battles, we are fighting together as a family and as a church. And that helps me. That helps me become a better husband, a better father, a better friend, and a better elder to help the members of this church. And that Stonebridge is an incredible blessing every single Sunday to my and my family when we walk through those doors or log in to watch online. And for that, I thank you. My verse today as part of this effort as your elder team is Acts 10, 34, 35. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Thank you very much. Good morning, Stonebridge. <laughs> Chris Hansen. Um, last time I spoke, um, there was a lot of tears. Um, so uh, I will not have. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I won't have a lot of tears, uh, I think, uh, speaking today. Um, the only uh, real sadness that I have is that my bills are not in the Super Bowl this year. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> so uh, in talking about family, uh, I just wanted to bring up some contrasts uh, about this world, our culture, versus our church family. We are in a world that is divided, that is just so polarized. There's this cancel culture in which um, this world is just encouraging individualism, failing or succeeding all on your own. 
You have no support. You have to do it on your own. And the beauty of this church, this church body, is that in contrasting that, we have selflessness, we have encouragement, we have uh, just support in, in what we do in living our lives. That's done through connection groups, men's and women's groups, and it's, and it's shown uh, through the selfless acts of service that go on within our church. So in addition to that, we're given this great compass we have the Holy Spirit as well as God's word to guide us in these principles as we spur on each other in our growth. Just like a, a child being nurtured, everybody's different in their faith walk. Everybody is a, a different place. But we look at it as a long training process, this progressive sanctification. And... The beauty of God's word is that there is grace in that. So uh, I would like you guys to turn with me to Second Peter uh, 1, 7 through 10. Or, I'm sorry, 3 through 7. Sorry about that. Second <laughs> Peter 1, 3 through 7. His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature of having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. I got to tell you, I am blessed more than I deserved. And I shared a few weeks ago with you guys just some of the junk in my background, in my life. Um, but I'm blessed that I've had people to walk through this with me in this church. I'm absolutely blessed that I'm not having to go through this life alone by myself. I'm blessed that we have a connection group. I'm blessed that within our connection group, we have people that are mature in their faith walk, like Gina Nota Smith, that give us just great perspective as we go along life. I'm reminded daily of the power of prayer and the amazing capacity that God has to do great works within our lives, more so than what we could even possibly imagine. And to that, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this church body and the acts of service that go on. It's amazing to me to hear all these meal trains going on and just selfless acts of service towards one another within our church and within the community. We heart Boone. Um, the pandemic itself has been just eye-opening. Um, when there was so much unknown initially when uh, COVID uh, had first cropped up, the fact that uh, we had 
pastors, uh, worship team that were just a light in the darkness that we were going through, um, really taking risks for themselves even in that. And that, to me, just speaks of selfless nature of a lot of these people within this church body, which is beautiful. Uh, I want to make a shameless plug for connection groups. It's only through this community, this set-aside group of people, that we can continue to grow in our faith and mature in our faith. And uh, to that, uh, I would encourage you to get plugged in uh, to a connection group. Uh, We need prayer. We need accountability. We need love of each other. Nurturing as just as we nurture our children, um, spurring each other forward, brothers, sisters in Christ. Thank you. Well, my name is Ed Bean. Um, I'm one of the elders here also. And um, I have two verses that I'm going to kind of focus on. The first one is um, James 21 through 25. And it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intensely at his natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and once, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and preserves, being no, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And that's one of the challenges that I've heard all the different elders here talking about is actually doing some steps to bear each other's burdens. The next verse that I, that I wanted to use and talk to you today was um, Galatians 6. And hopefully I can get it here. And it says, Bear one another's burdens so, fu- so you can fulfill the law of Christ. And so I've seen this work out in the church before. And um, 2020 was a hard year for a lot of people here in this room. Okay. And and it was for us, too, as we started into that year um, watching my business um, basically kind of stop. And um, and it stopped for a whole year. And uh, so that's been a struggle. But um, partway through the year, uh, on June um, 30th, I was sitting here in an elder meeting. And my son was driving to his work down at Altoona. He works at Facebook Data Center. And um, all of a sudden, I got a call from my wife saying my son was in a bad car wreck. And so I stood up and immediately asked for prayer from the elders. And I left that meeting and rushed home as fast as I could. And one of the things I'd really challenge you, we're talking about family here, is that I left that meeting and I knew that I left that meeting under prayer. And that my son was immediately under prayer through that. He was going 55 miles an hour one way, another car was going 55 miles the other way and came all the way across the road and hit him head on. He was um, taken by ambulance and, um, and luckily through that, God protected him. And um, so we dealt with that for the next two days. 
Then on June 2nd, two days later, my wife got a call from my daughter. And she was crying on the phone. She didn't know where she was in location. She didn't know. She just was in so much pain and so hurt because she had had a car wreck. And she had uh, broke her leg, her right leg. Um, she broke both those bones that run from your knee all the way down to your ankle. She broke both the bones to where her foot was no longer connected. And um, we didn't even know where she was. We knew she was here between here and names and somewhere in names. And luckily, I, you know, we could ask for prayer. We asked for prayer, told Stacy and our family. And right away, I knew that there was people here in this church praying, you know. And um, we finally found her in Ames. Um, we didn't get to see her. She was already in the ambulance. They wouldn't let us into the ambulance to see her. Um, they took her down to Mary Greeley. And for the next two and a half days, we didn't get to see her because of COVID rules and stuff. And she had surgery on her knee to, I mean, on her leg to repair that and stuff. And, but all the way through that, I knew that there was prayer going on. And I think that's one of the things we're talking about as far as being family is not just being Ed praying, not just my immediate family, but but my immediate family here in the church. You know, that I knew that there was prayer when God says that two or more pray that he hears our prayers. And so I think it's important. Our house went from being me and Eileen, two people in our house, to ten people in our house because... God blessed us with a house big enough to be able to bring our kids, you know, into our and our grandkids to our house to help. And my wife did an awesome job of healing them through that process. Um, my daughter had to be laid up for three months before she could put any her weight on her on her foot, you know. So it was a big commitment. But through that, Esther um, meet her in our connection group. She started a meal train right away. You heard other people talking about the meal trains, you know. And right away, she she not only started it, but she made sure people signed up, made sure it got the word out there, you know. And so for the next, um, I don't know, I think for two months we had meals coming in. You know, off and on we had different meals coming in. Um, I had texts from all the different elders, texts from Jeremy Duggar in my connection group, um, knew that all of our connection group, um, Mick and Angie Johnston reached out to us, you know, thanking uh, I mean, just wanting the support and making sure that they were there for us. Other people taking the burdens, like what Scripture says here, bear one another's burdens. Ryan Graydon talked about that earlier, how the men in his connection group not only cared, but they really bur- he could feel that they carried that burden. Each one of you here in the room have different burdens. And a lot of times we come into this church and we just, um, it's just four walls. We come in, we sing some songs, we end up leaving, you know. Um, Chris here challenged you to um, get involved in a connection group. And, and I will say that the connection groups have helped um, me in my walk with Christ and being closer there through that process. A little bit later, there was a new word that I learned, and that was duratio. And, um, you know, <laughs> never heard that ever in my 60 years of being uh, alive here. But, um, you know, a, a great big branch had come down in my son's yard. And... Um, Came down. Luckily, it didn't come down on the on the house, but it was close. But it, you know, he had it, um, and I, me, and my son couldn't do that. You know, couldn't do anything to clean up his yard um, because of his accident and all of his injuries. And so, but Mick and Angie came along. Uh, Johnson came alongside and 
and said, hey, we're going to go over there with you, Ed and Eileen, and um, went over there and spent, you know, five hours cleaning up the, his yard and cutting down all the trees and piling it all. And, you know, just things like that where people come alongside. So if you ever wonder, do you have a family, I hope that you feel that from Stonebridge. I hope that you feel that you have other people here try to connect and try to see how that can really help you in your walk for Christ. So if it's okay, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and um, thank you for listening.